This podcast of Central Indiana Today is brought to you by Figment 2 McDonald's. Stop by any of their stores in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville, Speedway, and 10th Street, next to Ben Davis High School, for great specials, including the two for $2.50 and two for $5. They also have all-day breakfast items, which now include biscuits and McGriddles. And coming soon to the Danville location, Wednesdays will be family night. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today and WYRZ 98.9. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey of the Kevin Kersey Agency. The Kevin Kersey Insurance Agency, a member of the Farmers Insurance Group, can help you with your home, life, auto, or business needs. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317-286-3481. We can also be found on Facebook at the Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio. This is Donald James of Impact Youth Mentoring. Impact Youth is a not-for-profit mentoring organization providing mentoring services to the children of Hendricks County. We pair mentors ages 16 and older with youth in Hendricks County. Over the past five years, we have been able to impact over 120 children through our mentoring and tutoring programs. Information about becoming a mentor or finding a mentor for a child can be found at impactyouthmentoring.org or via email at impactyouth1010 at gmail.com. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. The Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Today's program is made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. And now here's your host, Rob Kendall. Welcome in to another edition of Central Indiana Today here on 98.9 WYRZ. I'm Rob Kendall. It's the Christmas episode. Of course, we don't work on the weekends, and Christmas is on Sunday, and, well, nobody spreads holiday cheer quite like my friends Chris Spangle and Greg Lenz from the We Are Libertarians Radio Network. Back for day number two, fellas. Ho, 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 You played Santa downtown. I did at the Circle of Lights. Yeah. And I, have I, you ever played Santa? I've never played Santa. I, I, uh... I mean, I, I'm saying in public. Have you ever played Santa? No. I, yeah, I, 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 years and years of training privately, and no, no one's ever formally asked. He occasionally deliver some presents to several young ladies around the... <laughs> oh, so God. For those who don't know, we, uh, we are libertarians. What do you guys do again very quickly? We are all of the politics modern irreverence deserves. All, we, all of the irreverence modern politics deserves. Yeah, I don't. I, sometimes I think it's our focus is irreverence and not politics. But, <laughs> yeah. No, it's, I like to think of it as the national or um, uh, meet the press, but unhinged. If National Review and National Lampoons had a love child, yeah. that would be we are libertarians. Yeah, I, I tell people you guys you're very smart. 
you hate everyone, nah. and you, you, you pretty much. Do. I like me. I mean, you turned on your own candidate for president in the middle of the race. Uh, I didn't Johnson. turn on him. I just was honest and don't said, ever call that my candidate. <laughs> yeah, I was. Just, <laughs> I never at one time said, "Hey, vote for Gary." Unlike you, I can see flaws in my candidate. Yeah, I'm, and I was rewarded with a great interview with uh, Donald Trump, which will live on forever. I've suddenly got a great opportunity at WIBC solely because I do, wormed my way in. Do the, you have any idea how much? Just uh, this guy interviewed Trump. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know of I know of a, a sponsorship opportunity that that got you. Yeah. I know of two actually. Yeah, I mean it's literally I say this all the time. It's the greatest professional thing that ever ever happened to me. And I mean it. Uh, you can't you can't you can't thank the people enough who made it possible. I, you know I, what I'm saying. I mean, as a journalist, I, I am not a journalist. I wouldn't call it professional. No, no. no, no. <laughs> But it, the experience and the the thing the things that happened around it they make for a great story and thankfully tonight on WIBC I told that story yeah. so uh, it was very very nice but you guys are with us for the Christmas episode and of course you guys are from Hendricks County that's how you meet my quota of being on Central uh, Central Indiana today two distinguished gentlemen of Plainfield High School <laughs> that's right yep. that's right and. Uh, you know, they, someday they're going to, like, make a wing for you guys, right? Honestly, I'm talking to Mrs. Burris, the publications teacher there, to to build um, a, at least a plaque. Give yeah. us a plaque. I should. I mean, I was I was the business manager. I was, uh, even though I'm the worst businessman of all time, I was, <laughs> I wrote. Sp- many times. I was a columnist. I wrote Spangles Angle. Spangles and, Angle. And, highly accredited. And look. At, 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 Did you look, guys know each other in high school? Oh, yeah. 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 I Barely, but I, I don't yeah. know that we ever really Greg talked. Greg was a great golfer. You were a wonderful golfer. Yeah. I don't know that I was ever great at anything. I can pass at everything. You played <laughs> in college, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so but I mean, it's, you know, I, I don't. I, and at a fairly sizable college. Yeah. I just am not. Uh, particularly talented so I, I was thinking of you the other day because i was reading an article on john daly and there was something that came at you you like you like daly so right? that's who my swing was patterned at first so the same <laughs> long swing and hit it a long way it's a spirit animal thought, it is it really is i thought lens will enjoy this there was an article that came out about you know daly's had like four ex-wives oh tons and um lived a hell of a life some story that he you know he had a huge gambling problem and drinking problem and he won 55 grand at the casino yeah and his, he he apparently i don't know whether he left the ex-wife in the car or what but he came out of the casino with the money the ex-wife was angry that he was gambling and so he took the money and while they were going down the road threw 55 grand (laughs) out the window then told the wife said i earned that money i can spend it however i want and if you don't like it go get it and then apparently she walked back and for an hour picked up five thousand dollars long (laughs) it off a bridge that's even better so like his last great performance was in 2000 i think in one against tiger woods in san francisco and, that, that was later. I think it was like 06 or 07. Yeah, yeah sorry, 06. Yeah, and so he uh, and Tiger in a playoff. And so he loses ultimately Tiger, but was just going neck and neck with him in his prime. It was the dream. It was like a dream matchup. Oh, I, I was captivated. It was Sting and The Undertaker. It was. It was one of the great all-time <laughs> matchups because Daly hadn't been relevant forever. And so he wins, I think, 900000 for finishing second. Wow. Drives directly to the casino and loses $1.3 <laughs> Yeah, he supposedly lost. They said something like, I thought it was uh, – Fifty some million dollars or something in, in his game. life. Well, yeah. so his way in uh, sponsorship was because Eli, uh, Eli Calloway paid all his gambling debts, and he had <laughs> like accumulated like two and a half million, and Calloway just paid him <laughs> off and said, "You're a Calloway 
you know, ambassador now. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. yeah, so I was thinking of you. I thought Linz would love that. That's oh. a, a great uh, it, a great, great story. Great 30 for 30 that just was released on him. Just it, amazing. It's, it's fascinating because, as everybody knows, I love pro wrestling and uh, interviewed two of the great pro wrestling managers of all time here recently on the show, Jim Cornette and, and Brother Love, and I talked to them about playing the heel because that's so much of politics is playing the heel. And, and as we talked yesterday a lot about Trump, um, Cornette said Donald Trump basically was a bad guy professional wrestling character who became president. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a- absolutely. I mean, and he's stone cold stunnered Vince McMahon. <laughs> that, that will go. That clip. Our president of our United States <laughs> clotheslined Vince McMahon and shaved his head in a chair is. That's what America's about. It, Nothing more pers- accurately describes what America is it, than that. It's so, like. Listen, I think that uh, Donald Trump is largely a despicable human being. You don't like Trump? No, not at all. But He's there, never met the Trump that I met. But He believes a, the media Trump is Trump. I, I, I do. Uh, but I, I think that you – because you, you've you been around a lot of celebrities. You've been around a lot of people yeah. that are of, of I met notoriety. Right. Like the person that is projected publicly usually – that's a large part of their real personality. Yeah, mm-hmm. But Donald Trump, as an internet troll, I, I, I am so glad he's president for the next four <laughs> years and not Hillary Clinton because it is hilarious. Yeah. And in all seriousness, in all seriousness, we would be going to war most likely. One hundred percent. If 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 Hillary Clinton had won the presidency, we would be getting ready to wage a a probably a proxy war for a little while in the Middle East with Russia. Yep. And then it would devolve into a full-scale war. All right, this is the Christmas episode, and I've not told you guys we're going to do this, so I'm going to hit you with it. By the way, what a reminder, we're doing something new on the show tonight. After the show ends at our usual time of roughly 7.30, we say roughly, station management's very generous with, with overages. <laughs> yep. Free-range. Um, <laughs> Free-range radio. Well, ends, you are Rob Kendall. You can check out the podcast. We've done an extended version of our podcast. It's something we're going to start doing more and more often. Um, with the lovely Shay Smock, a former MC for the Indianapolis Indians, and uh, she tells some great stories. Like you see these girls, you know, they always have a, a fairly attractive young lady. Our friend Vanessa Richardson now does that for the Indians, as well as the Pacers. You guys are great buddies now, right? You oh, and Richardson. Uh, Greg and I are best friends with Vanessa Richardson. Yeah. We know all about her. Yeah. Uh, she loves seafood from Ryan Steakhouse in Terre Haute. Yeah, so she so they take these very. <laughs> You know, very attractive women, and they put them on the big screen, and they sell merchandise and all that sort of stuff. And uh, very nice, but she has some great stories, and, well, she's starting to open the vault on great uh, great stories. I bet she certainly does have some really good stories. Yeah, she does. Some quite wonderful stories. So it's just a different thing we're doing. We're going to have all sorts of characters participate in this second part of the show. We're going to have you guys participate. Excellent. Our our buddy Scott Strong is going to be a part of it. Vanessa has said she's going to participate. Lovely. So it's just a just a just a just a different because people said we love people. You know what people said? They said, said, Rob, we love the interviews. They're so great, but we'd like to see a little different side of you. Who who said this? So some very specific people that I'm trying to impress (laughs) that we'd like to see a different side of you. So you should get Jeff Vibbert. We will. We will probably ask Vibbert to do that. Caitlin Kapetsky, if you can get a hold of her. Apology from (laughs) Caitlin Kapeski. So those who don't know, Caitlin and Jeff were on the show before. Uh, Jeff is a very famous young comedian. Highly successful Jeff Vibber Works podcast. for Bob and Tom. Yep. Uh, and uh, Caitlin is his co-host. Co-host, yeah. Uh, she doesn't do a whole lot, but she's there. He's <laughs> Vibbert, someone to talk to. And uh, Oh, my. You are... 
Oh, if you knew how much trouble you're in. She she loves to eat while on the air, and you she, know how unprofessional that is. Bro. She doesn't really contribute a whole lot, but I think it's nice <laughs> that Vibbert has her there. And uh, so I went and did their podcast. <laughs> they had come and done mine. We were really good friends. And uh, everybody knows I'm a huge Trump supporter. Vibbert right. as a, is agnostic to politics, but Caitlin is, is a very liberal person, which is great. Had a nice conversation about meeting Trump, and she said, you know, I would never let politics come between my friendship. And then all of a sudden, you know, sometimes you guys think, uh, you know, like I haven't seen a post from that person in a while. And then all of a sudden I thought, I haven't seen Caitlin post in a while. Went to her profile. Would you like to add this person as a friend? Oh. I was defriended. Yeah, that's happened a lot to me. I don't know if you've checked your friend count, but I've lost. Do you get defriended a lot, Lens? Cause I do the defriending. <laughs> <laughs> I block people left and right. Like, I have an iron fist on anyone I don't know very well that I don't care for their comments. They're blocked forever. I, I've lost two or three friends a week since the election. Yeah. Caitlin and I, we had a similar, uh, I caused the only fight between her and Jeff ever. <laughs> And it was because during the election, there was a hubbubaloo about uh, Planned Parenthood. Yeah. And so she didn't realize that the form, the founder was Margaret Sanger, you know, former Nazi right. eugenicist. Mm-hmm. So I started taking... Bad some, actor. Yeah. So I started taking actual quotes and responding as comments, and that got me banned. <laughs> Took about six months, and then she realized, and she's like, I don't know. He's now, a, he's you guys guy. have... Bo- well, you have not, but you have been banned from Facebook many times. I have. Is yeah. that depressing? Because I'm trying to figure out what I what you would do to get banned from Facebook. <laughs> you want to want us to help you? No, no, no. I like <laughs> no, my Facebook. It's actually not that depressing. It's actually really nice because <laughs> Facebook the notifications are endless. Like it's constant, yeah. and so it is the <laughs> most refreshing thing in the world. Sometimes I get banned just to get the break. Because I think we talked about this one time before. Maybe it was on the We Are Libertarians podcast, and to get our guests. Chris Spangle, Greg Lenz for We Are Libertarians. They send you a notice like that your behavior was inappropriate. Oh yeah, yep. Yeah. First is do they so you, shame you? Is that what they do? They don't shame you, so you get logged out, and you're like, "Why am I logged out of Facebook?" And then it's a an alert saying that you know someone reported is your content for offensive, and then they show you what you did, and like, okay, okay, uh, it, very very interesting. Well, anyway, uh, it's very disappointing about Caitlin, but you know, truthfully, I think Jeff's show adds a lot when there are other people there, you know, participating. So I was glad to see you guys are on the you most recent. You are in F- serious trouble, my friend. <laughs> I just trumped her, right? Did I just? Oh my, Listen, Caitlin is very vindictive. She's dead weight. You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's dead weight on that podcast. We love Jeff. Jeff's a very, very nice, very nice guy. Uh, someday may become an actual voter instead of just a registered voter. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, participated. But anyway, uh, Christmas. It's the Christmas show. I'm curious what each of you would describe as your best present this year. Not a physical present, but the best thing maybe that happened to you in 2016. Uh, oh wow! I've I've had uh, the. Uh, I, I was released from my previous marriage three years ago, <laughs> and, and I've had a lot of. Is ups, that how you say divorce? I've had a lot of ups and downs since the previous administration, <laughs> and 2016 by far was the best year of the last three because it's like your life. My life started over, and mm-hmm. it, it's just like everything is you know, eighty and BD before divorce and after divorce, <laughs> and. So this year has been uh, it's seen a lot of ups and downs yeah. and this was when you go through a divorce you it takes a long time to heal and f- to get to a place like you just w- wake up one day and you go oh I'm over that I'm relaxed I'm happy my life is great and that happened earlier this year that was finally that that's probably the best thing but it has been one of the most fun years of my life because of the election, the election was great. We are libertarians is thriving. Work is going well. 
you know, so personally and private, you know, in my head and personal life yeah. and my professional life, everything is great. And so things are just that's probably now a lot of people part. don't realize Greg was actually highly involved in trying to catch a cyber terrorist earlier this year. And I that hope that's true. what you say is your favorite thing. Uh, that would have been one of my favorite things if it had been, if there had ever been a conclusion to it. And, and in, yeah. a, in a very serious note, uh, joking aside, Greg was involved in trying to help catch the uh, plane field. Yeah, uh, Brian Kill. So, Brian Kill, the cyber terrorist. So let me explain. We talked about banning. Yeah. Greg Lenz was banned by Facebook from Messenger and Facebook for bullying Brian Kill. Now, Brian Kill he was bu- the- No. Brian Kill banned Greg Lenz for cyberbullying. Okay, so let's reset who Brian Kill is. He was the <laughs> anonymous person who earlier this year was making very serious and they believed credible threats against people in Plainfield and Danville. And it was a yeah, threat to blow up the mall and blow up um, the Star yeah, Wars movie. Very and... involved, very serious stuff. The Plainfield Police Department did a great job, as did Danville. It was a point where high school events were canceled and. And Greg took it upon himself because he has friends. Well, I had a buddy that was on the police force, and, and I, the first time I became aware of this, I tagged him in 400 pictures. <laughs> and that, he couldn't shut his account down. Right. Because every time he had, he had that account would still exist because the photos would still exist. So there's metadata. And so the buddy that's on the police force is like, if you just keep doing that, that'll leave a digital trail. And I was like, are you sure? Like, and he's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I, like, I'm a good bully. <laughs> and then he got... He got reported, and so unbeknownst to Greg, in the midst of his cyberbullying a terrorist, which he's cyberbullied many terrorists. You've (laughs) argued with ISIS on Twitter. I have. Uh, A friend simultaneously reported Greg as dead to make fun of him, to, like, just troll him. And so Greg gets banned by Brian Kill from Messenger and Facebook. And the way to tell Facebook that you are alive, you have 72 <laughs> hours to send them a message and say, this is me, don't kill me. And so he could not, in that seven-day period, message <laughs> Facebook. And that's why he has two Facebook accounts now. And I have such great friends that not only was that you know only part of how I was trolled the rest of the year, then you may remember when Donald Trump released Lindsey Graham's phone number. Yes. Spangle did that to me. <laughs> Released your phone number. Released my phone number. And then he also, while I was getting ready to go to the Libertarian, uh, or going to Orlando for the Libertarian convention, he, <laughs> I'm standing in line on Southwest Airlines, and he says, I am a terrorist I, and known jihadist. No, no, that's not what I did. So Greg had checked in on Facebook. Now, we want to tell everybody this stuff really happened. No, this well, absolutely. Really, this all really happened. So Greg, uh, Greg was in line getting on and I'm like all right well he's probably about to board the plane he's probably in flight now and so and you I were gonna have some fun while you were there too right he, oh he yeah. went for fun trust yeah. me he yeah. didn't go for the libertarian convention in Orlando so you're just having a good trip so yeah. he, having a good trying to he's yeah. in the airport and uh so I go on the check-in post and put 300 NSA keywords onto his uh status status <laughs> and Greg and then another friend <laughs> got on Twitter and he messaged Delta, the NSA, the FBI, Homeland Security, Homeland Security, and said, "Greg, no terrorist, Greg Lenz has, is getting ready to board this flight." And so Greg is sitting on the plane with his phone off, has no idea. It's a total Janine Sacco moment where you know the lady who went to South Africa and was in the air for eleven hours. So he's the flight's delayed. Uh, he's sitting there talking to Sam Goldstein, former chair of the LPIN. They're going to Orlando. Greg gets off the plane, sees this, thinks maybe there's some causation uh, there. 
And then what happened that So then that I night? checked my luggage. Everything is torn to pieces completely. <laughs> Literally, I mean, everything is torn to pieces <laughs> with two letters. I get the one regular letter that's been like looked at and then another letter saying that they have the authority to go through and check every like garment or whatever. <laughs> and so then I look in my toiletries, all gone. Razor's gone. <laughs> Uh, electric trimmer, everything completely taken. So I have to go walk to a CVS the next morning and go replace all my toiletries, which I know I will not be able to take back on that plane because when I go back through, there's going to be a little different vetting process. Uh, so, so wait a second. So the, 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 the person that he was with looked at him and goes, does he hate you? Yeah. No, this is my best friend. <laughs> so were you, were, you ang- were you angry about this? Not at all. I don't know about that. So I was annoyed I had to go and get toiletries and I was like this one might have this this got to the edge. So this is how our federal government <laughs> responds then to things. Like they get anonymous things and it's obvious it's a bunch of idiots being idiots I, and No, I listen, I thought there's this is a joke, ha ha ha. There's he'll see it and he'll laugh. It'll it'll be funny. It'll be hilarious. It, it was, was. It's really funny. Actually, it's, I'm, like, it's, I, I'm not mad at all. I thought it was. I mean, I thought it was hilarious. It was just like, <laughs> man, getting home is gonna suck so bad. <laughs> but I, I didn't think that there was any way that like a comment in a status on Facebook would do anything. And then we saw the Snowden movie. And I saw it with him and Brett Bittner. And I looked at Greg after the Snowden movie by Oliver Stone, which is an amazing <laughs> movie. You've got to see it. And I looked at him and I go. I'm really sorry. That was me. <laughs> yeah. So, what was it like to get back on the plane? Uh, I had to go through like the they you know they pulled me aside. He was digitally. Uh, Did they have a talk with you or what? No, no, you, no, no. Were you digitally investigated? I was digitally investigated and archived. Okay, so was that your was that your Christmas present? This I, year? I didn't mean, I mean digital like in bits. I meant digital <laughs> that, yeah, and fingers. Yes, <laughs> digits. So was that your Christmas pr- the best thing that happened to you this no, year? No, uh, yes, th- that is the best thing. The personally, probably. So mom got diagnosed with leukemia in February, and then she has the a rare type where she can take a pill the rest of her life, and it doesn't uh, doesn't cut any years off. So that's probably the best present. Just like uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas did on Home Improvement. Exactly, same thing. <laughs> did you like how I knew JCT. that? Okay. See, did you like how I knew that? That's really an episode of uh, yeah. Home Improvement. Very odd. Very okay. serious. Yeah, yeah. You didn't like JTT? I, I was jealous of JTT because <laughs> my girlfriend in third grade thought he was the hottest thing ever, and I swore she hot on him. It's it's per, it's that's that's really cool. Congratulations. I mean, that's a that's a very cool thing, and uh, you guys very rarely show any real side. Well, you do all the time. I yeah, mean, yeah. I, I, listen, I am I am an open book. Yeah. For better or for worse, and people say to me all the time, "You're nuts," and I just look at them and say, "No, I just say things that everybody else thinks, you know." And so people think a lot of things about me, but I, right. I try to be sincere and open and honest. And Greg, I have no. I, I, it was like he he was dating someone and they split up. It was like three months before I knew they had even broken yeah. up. He's the most secretive person. Yes. I know nothing about yes. Greg. I have no idea. He said that he has a job, but I don't believe him. <laughs> yep. I've never seen any... any the, the, he's wearing a Chase vest. That's the first indication that he has any sort of tie to a company. That's chaps. That's <laughs> oh. Well, never mind. No proof. Well, no but, idea. He's so it, secretive. It is really interesting. We talked about this on the last time I was on We Are Libertarians um, about... 
the rise of new media and about the rise yeah. of outside media. And you guys are playing such a big role. That's why I have you on so much. We have a lot of fun. But and we have way more fun on We Are Libertarians because we can say different things than we can. Uh, we can say literally whatever we right. want. But you guys are really important because you talk about all the time. We talk about this. The letters you get from people mm -hmm. that influence people, that encourage them to get involved or maybe think differently. And we talked about, on some level, I'm kind of envious of that because you have a forum to entertain and reach people that even though I'm on terrestrial radio, yeah. I don't, in the format of the show, it doesn't go that way. And I think you guys really add a lot to the to the dialogue. Well, thank you. Yeah, we I started it in 2008, or 2012, March 8th of 2012. Uh, so we're coming up on five years and which is crazy to think about because it's been one of the most integral things to my life thus far. I mean, in terms of building a, a community, there's 20 people that participate, and we are libertarians locally. You've got a really ragtag band. It of, is. Of it people. is a great group of people. It's a multicultural group, and it's not a multicultural <laughs> group like you know where CBS will put together uh, an advertisement and it will be you know right. All right. Well, we've got to check the Asian right. box. We got to check the white <laughs> right. female box. We, it, it it is all uh, all rainbows, but surround. But we all adhere to this one ideology, you know. Where Greg and I are more on the constitutional Republican right. side, we've got anarchists. We've yep. got James Neese, who who knows? <laughs> now Neese was on the show it, talking about cybersecurity, but and he, and he was very streamlined, mainstream. He was yeah. very nice. He did a great job. Well, that's things like. People only know the online version of James Neese and the offline yeah. version of James Neese. He's very accomplished. Yeah, we, we had Neeson talk all about who hacked Clinton and who did it, and he was very thorough. And I said, I've never met this James before, yeah. but I like him. James is – Well, uh, that's, he, he and I talk sometimes, and it's like you had to – because of your antics online, you have to keep other things private so yeah. there isn't blowback. <laughs> and so that's what James is very protective. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it was great. But you guys, I mean, seriously, the branch out and uh, – you know, it, it's re it's really amazing. We we are a, a new media source, and so we are trying to give people information um, from a point of view where where we're not. We are libertarians, but that doesn't mean that we are libertarian party people. That doesn't right. mean that we are Trump people. It doesn't mean that we're beholden to any political party. We're trying not to tell you what to think. We're trying to find information that helps explain what's going on because ultimately Greg and I are trying to figure out what the heck is going on and then explain it to people and we spend hours a week doing prep you know literally everything I do everything I watch everything I read is about to is about what we put into each podcast and our social media outlets are all just in, and our website are all just sort of like the extras yeah. of that output and so and we try to do it in a smart way but also in a funny way because people are not people love comedy podcasts people love characters mm -hmm. people love that's you know, what rush limbaugh's secret is yeah you know that, he's one of the funniest people on all of media well yeah. and what's really interesting for me as someone who is a republican but let's face it those guys really don't like me right i mean they really don't they really have to deal with me y you cannot be in a and p opinion media yeah and be part of a political structure and gr and and i've said this before in the air chris told me something uh, a while ago i was thinking about r l living on longer and serving and cutting more taxes in another area and chris said he said you got two choices you can either be a commentator or a politician you can't be a commentator and a politician yeah. and it's so true but you guys are sort of like the home for the politically homeless yeah people like me i will always be a republican but i don't like a lot of what those guys stand for and they don't like me and 
they get very angry at me on, you on, you on social media. Line. You don't get in line. No, I'm uh, I was right though, right? I mean, I was right. Day right. one, the Trumpster. He's gonna. He's the we, guy. You know. We just don't feel that there's a lot of media out there that speaks that that explains to people in their own language what is going on. Geopolitics is very complicated. War is complicated. Domestic policy is very complicated. And we are nerds, and we love that stuff. But you have to explain it in a way that people understand, that people – and the best way to do that is through storytelling. We don't tell a story like an NPR podcast, but we do it through the characters. You know, people laugh that I trolled Greg on the airplane. <laughs> and that's funny that, you know, having James Neeson throwing out yo dogs every five minutes <laughs> – and saying, you know, various words that I won't say every, here. Every alt-right buzzword imaginable. Right. We want you to have the feeling that you are sitting at the kitchen table with right. us as we do our podcast, and you're walking away going, okay, I, I – because I just don't think that if you look at most media outlets, both alternative and establishment, you walk away feeling informed. Yeah. If you read Politico, you really have to read Politico every day to keep up with everything. Yep. And so what we try to do is give people. I've lost several relationships over my need to read Politico. Yeah, you know, you ever have a girlfriend that was like at the dinner table, you can't read stuff. And I'm like, I love to read while I eat. I mean, I've actually lost a relationship over that. That was probably. I, I mean, that's a little much. I'm, I mean, I loved. I love Politico, and, but you're right. You do have right. to, it's like a like a like a soap opera. You, you gotta you gotta be. You there need every day. to read establishment media. You need to read Politico. You need to read uh, Real Clear Politics. You need to read the Washington Post, and the New York Times. But you also well, need Washington to, Post lately. Oof, it's rough. You need to go read Think Think Progress and Raw Story. Uh, you need to go read Zero Hedge and Alex Jones and Glenn Beck. You need to go read Red State and The Daily Caller and The National Review. You got and, you got to read people you hate. And then yeah, and yeah. then you've got to listen to We're Libertarians, read Reason, listen to the Libertarian podcasts are really the best source of information. Yeah. So you've really got what you've got to do is there is no fake news out there. We're in a post-fact society where everything <laughs> is everybody's own truth. Yeah, it, you know, truth or. A fact without context, you know, All right. can be taken anyway. Guys, this was great. Thanks for spending uh, the Christmas episodes. With me. I, I couldn't think of anybody better. Are we going to do anything Christmassy? Yeah. <laughs> what, what was your? Uh, what was the highlight of Rob Kendall's oh year? Gosh, this is the greatest year in the history of Rob Kendall. Uh, it, other than meeting Donald Trump and Bruce Springsteen. Uh, the Cubs? The, the Cubs? Well, I, I will Donald s- Trump? What, I will, never, I will Haley? S- I will say this. I will say this. The best. Having Larry on? The best is yet to come by the time this will air. So the best is yet oh. to come. Oh. Uh, but uh, but uh, that, I w- that I will right say, there, right? That? Yeah, that's 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 correct. Oh, the best is yet to come. Is that for real? Uh, that is for real. Oh uh, boy! But uh, we will. Uh, I better move fast, Greg. <laughs> but, in those DMs, quick. But, uh, but uh, I will say that it's been a marvelous year. A lot of really great things have happened, and uh, I may have wept a little bit when I met the boss. I mean, maybe uh-huh. just a tear or two. But I had dry eyes when we took the photo. That's nice. Was it easier because you had met Trumpster? Um, yeah, because the, the the spring scene was much quicker. It was much more, you know, it wasn't an interview. It was Get a out of the way, kid. It was, it's, <laughs> right. It's a, hey, how are you? Sign the book. Well, Shane, on, and yeah. I, Shane and I were joking that in the movie The Christmas Story, when he goes to see Santa Claus and they kick him down the slide after he's visited Santa. It's like, you literally, it's so bad, too, because you have a minute with him, and you're thinking, 
my gosh, I hope the picture takes correctly, you know, and then you're so worried about getting your phone back to see the picture that you're sort of focused on that. But yes, he was very gracious. He was very nice. And that uh, Trump and uh, Trump and Springsteen. I mean, what a, what a great year. So Cubs, the Cubs, uh, was, uh, and Lib- I work at WIRZ. Liberal tears. It was great. It was so it, it was hard to do much better than, than what I did. I don't know. We'll try to top it. 2017. All right. So if you're listening uh, on the station, you can check out the extended version of the show, the podcast, uh, on SoundCloud and iTunes. The lovely Shay Smock, former MC for the Indians, is with us. And she's telling some great behind-the-scenes stories of what it's like to work for a pro- professional baseball team. Maybe some stuff we wouldn't always tell on here. And uh, she's, she's very wonderful, very talented. She just met uh, 50 Cent. And so she's going to tell us the story about hanging out with 50 Cent. Curtis Jackson. Uh, so this is very entertaining. Curtis you can hear the Jackson. SoundCloud and iTunes. Uh, you can hear this part of the show there, too. Uh, search Central Indiana today. Download the show. You can go back and listen anytime you want. As always, the podcast presented by McDonald's. Until next time, I'm Rob Kendall. So have yourself a great evening. You've been listening to the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. An archive of today's program can be heard at our website, wyrz.org. Tune in next time for another edition of the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today with your host, Rob Kendall. This podcast of Central Indiana Today is brought to you by Figment 2 McDonald's. Stop by any of their stores in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville, Speedway, and 10th Street next to Ben Davis High School for great specials, including the two for $2.50 and two for $5. They also have all-day breakfast items, which now include biscuits and McGriddles. And coming soon to the Danville location, Wednesdays will be family night. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today and WYRZ 98.9. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey. Since 1968, our family has been helping customers with their insurance needs. We provide insurance coverage for life, home, auto, and recreational vehicles. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317-286-3481. The Kevin Kersey Agency can also be found on Facebook at The Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. The Kevin Kersey Agency is a proud member of the Farmers Insurance Group. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. This is Donald James of Impact Youth Mentoring. Impact Youth is a not-for-profit mentoring organization providing mentoring services to the children of Hendricks County. We pair mentors ages 16 and older with youth in Hendricks County. Over the past five years, we have been able to impact over 120 children through our mentoring and tutoring programs. Information about becoming a mentor or finding a mentor for a child can be found at impactyouthmentoring.org or via email at impactyouth1010 at gmail.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County 
and Community Radio. Day number two of the extended podcast of Central Indiana today. We had so much fun on day one, we're going to give it a go on day two. I'm Rob Kendall, along with the lovely, the very talented Shay Smock. She's the former MC for the Indianapolis Indians, now has a uh, wonderful video blog for law students at IU. Yes. Um, did you ever, did you ever, when you were the, the MC for the Indians, did anybody ever ask you on a date, ask to go out with you? Oh, yeah. Like patrons at the stadium? Uh, patrons at the stadium actually asked way less than ballplayers did. Really? I don't know if it's because I was just harder to talk to for them, whereas the ballplayers, I would be on the field quite a right. bit, and they would get to talk to me regularly. But if somebody just showed up to a game, usually just ask for a picture. And if they asked me on a date, it wasn't a real ask on a date. Okay. It was kind of a joke. And so, because I'm, I'm curious, was there like training for that? Because I would assume the ball players like they would be like do not harass the staff to the ball players they would like these people are here to work you know leave them alone i mean the, the but people, they are ball right the people at the ballpark can say whatever they want but they work for the pittsburgh pirates and they don't really care what people at the ballpark right. tell them <laughs> so i mean you can only control them so much you can't really tell them anything yeah <laughs> now we were talking before um about this I am that guy at the stadium that I like to sit right behind the visiting team's bullpen mm-hmm. and just just be unmerciful on those guys. Oh, you sound terrible. Um, <laughs> but I try to be humorous about it to the point where I have a pretty good, enga- I call it engagement ratio, mm-hmm. to where the opposing team will turn around and start talking to me because I'm not like threatening. I'm not right. obnoxious about it. I just keep talking to them and they're bored. Uh-huh. You know, they don't want to be here. They're ready to go. It's to a the- lot of baseball. Yeah. yeah. They get bored. Yeah. And so um, my goal is I know I've made a friend when they give me a baseball. Yes. That's always my goal. Yes, and that is also how phone numbers come to women oh. is on baseballs. Oh, is a real, that's a real thing, like an that A-Rod thing. definitely a real thing. That's, that's the only thing they have on hand, and they can give it to a ball boy or a bat boy, and they'll just So let's let's play through deliver. this because I get to live vicariously through you. Not that I ever wanted a phone number from a baseball player, but this is very fascinating for me. You would uh, be emceeing. You'd mm-hmm. be in the crowd. You know, you'd be on camera, buy this Indian's ball cap or whatever. And yes. all of a sudden, a ball boy would bring you a baseball, and there would be a name and a phone number on there? Usually, they would send him with a little message to say who it was from, but not always. And then the ball just had a phone number on it. Interesting. So they would have to identify themselves, right? You would know this is from Larry or... I would sometimes. There were definitely some people who didn't want me to know, wanted me to just text, and then and that never this worked seems, for This them. sounds very creepy. Yes, it was very creepy. I think it was a... Uh, they didn't understand how this worked in the U.S. Some, they were all American. Oh, I got and that they thought that I would just be like, ooh, baseball player. But oh, when you work in baseball, that's not so Now, exciting. was it from the Indians team or was it the other team? Oh, it would be everyone. Didn't okay. matter. Especially the teams we played a lot because like oh. Louisville Bats was there all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's what I was curious. Like they would send you the ball. Would they be waving, you know, as you got Usually, the... Usually they'd already tried to talk to me a few times. Oh, okay. So I was pretty familiar with who it was going to be. But sometimes I'd be surprised because the people who would say the most would already be married <laughs> and it would be their friends or someone that the now, ball was wait, from. Now I'm curious. You talked about the people that are the ball players that are already married oh. would hit on you. Oh my gosh. They hit on anything that walks. So I mean, would it, you, would, was that an annoyance? Because I mean, that's, that's a, that's a cheater. It's a cheater. Yeah, that's a cheater. You're mm-hmm. not down with the cheaters, I'm, right? I'm not down with the cheaters unless that's the arrangement they have created for, right, right. which I but, think a lot of women who marry into baseball, that is the arrangement. Really? They have, that's fascinating. Yeah. Especially if they don't travel with them. I mean, that's very interesting to me that, uh, because that's so just open about it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very, it's very, that's very interesting to me. Anyway, that was not why I brought you here today to talk about <laughs> people giving phone numbers on baseballs to you. But it's very interesting because we had talked about in the past, like, 
I'm always, we love the Indians. Great institution. Oh, yes. But we had talked about, I get when you go to a Colts game and somebody has a Pat McAfee jersey on. I get it. That's the NFL. Um, Pat sounds really fun. Uh, Pat McAfee's great. Now, Pat McAfee <laughs> and I actually had a... a, a uh, interact- bromance? We, inter- we interacted one time. Pat McAfee's a great guy. I emceed the Relay for Life in Brownsburg for quite mm-hmm. a while. And... Um, we bro- uh, not to be Donald Trump, but we broke all the records. We broke all the donation <laughs> records several years in a row. I'm sure. Anyway, McAfee was supposed to uh, be there to like sign autographs or something. Mm-hmm. Like he was part of the attraction, and you come and you donate, and then he signs autograph for you. He got caught up at some event and couldn't be there. And like you know, Relay for Life here was like a 24-hour deal, yes. seven in the morning to mm-hmm. seven in the morning. So we're packing up the next day and. Um, McAfee sh- comes running up with like 30 minutes to go and goes, Hey, I'm really sorry. I missed the thing. You know, what can I, what can I, how's everything going? Blah, blah, blah. He goes, what can I do to help? And somebody just like looked at him and goes, donate money. And he goes, Oh, how much have you guys raised? And we said, like, it was like $98,800 or something, mm-hmm. just making him a number. And he goes, well, what's the goal? And they go, well, we really wanted to get to, uh, to a hundred thousand. And he goes, uh, Oh, do you guys take a credit card? And they said, well, yeah, of course. He walks in there, whatever the difference was, 1200 bucks, and says, hey, have a nice day. Pose for pictures with everybody. And so I talked to, to McAfee for a while, and he retweeted some stuff that I did. And very and lived in Brownsburg for a long time. Oh, really? A lot of people don't know McAfee lived in Brownsburg. I'm guessing yeah. he lives in Carmel now. Uh, I, he lives somewhere nice. <laughs> and as, as a Brownsburg, I was on the town council at the time. He was very interested in what was going on in the town. And I said, you're far more important than me, but I appreciate you humoring the audience to make me look more important. Thank you. We made a nice picture together. and uh, But yes, McAfee's a great guy. Anyway, I get you go to a Colts game. Mm-hmm. He's a professional football player. He's on the news. You wear the McAfee jersey. I'm down with the team. My buddy, Matt Overton, who's the long snapper. Mm-hmm. I get that. I understand that. What always perplexed me, not because there's anything wrong with the Indians, but there's such a transient team by the yes. fact that minor league baseball now has changed. It used to be when I was a kid, Hey, Razor Shines was always on the Indians. Jeff Hewson, you know, all these guys. Mm-hmm. You might see them the next year. Now it's literally week to week. Right. You know, Joey Smith might get the call up or get sent down to double A or whatever. People are at the games wearing the player jerseys. And I said that was always perplexing to me because that really, I don't, I don't know. I don't think AAA is where you wear the player <laughs> player jersey. I don't think the, the 21 to 24-year-old crowd, you wear another person's name on your back if you're a, a grown man. Am I wrong with that? No, I mean, I think it is whatever you're passionate about, go for it. I think the players appreciate when people buy their stuff, assuming they're making money off of it, which right. they aren't always. Yeah, right. But I know that in baseball, it's more like some people are big fans of a team. But then just like uh, people who loved the Colts and were big Manning fans, they don't quit wearing their Manning jersey right. now. And I think like if Drew gets moved to what the Washington Nationals, Pittsburgh Pirates fans aren't going to quit wearing his stuff. Right. And it doesn't mean they don't love the Pirates anymore. It means they still love him. And I think with baseball, you can be a really big fan of a person and your person can do great, right. especially with fantasy baseball and the ridiculousness that's all of that, which you probably partake in. Oh, I did. I did. <laughs> you know what happened with my fan? This is my fantasy baseball experience. I used to have uh, teams with, you know, I say inappropriate, not like bad inappropriate. They were just hilarious uh, names. Like one year I had uh, a team named Team Bob Crane, who was the famous <laughs> yes. actor who met a rather untimely uh, and notorious death. And then I had Team John Holmes one year. And uh, I was winning my fantasy baseball league. And then the last week I played the commissioner. 
and magically all his best players were pitching and everything, and I believe it was stolen from me. Mm. That was when I was in college, and I've not played fantasy baseball or fantasy Good. football you hold ever that grudge. since. <laughs> Because it was stolen from me. And it was a big deal, too, because there were like 20 people in this league. And it was like, I, you know, I said, I said, Team Bob Crane is going to be victorious. So, no, I do not fantasy baseball. But I, mm-hmm. I appreciate that you had me targeted as a fantasy no, just, baseball. Just because of your age and generally being a male. And so, why. <laughs> um, would you ever, as, as, a, as a woman, would you ever date a man who wears another man's name on the back oh, of his... Gosh, I, would, I wouldn't want to. I mean, but I think after knowing athletes... It makes you less interested in guys who really idolize them, right? Because that my favorite thing about an athlete is when that that doesn't define them. Right. That's their job, and it's it. And they get that them being able to hit a baseball is really great for this next five years, maybe. Right. And after that, they have a whole life to live and have other interests going on. They never wear each other's jerseys or wear like right. pirates stuff out right. when they're partying. You know, I they don't even come to the field wearing stuff that is athletic gear i mean they dress like regular humans right and i i think they think it might be a little weird when Uh, they see people wearing their yeah so i was gonna say because i'm pretty alpha you know that Mm -hmm. type of personality i wouldn't i just could not see myself wearing another man's name on the back of my shirt i mean i mean the president asked me to do an interview with him you know i'm not wearing another man's name on the back of my back of my shirt Mm -hmm. i will support the team though but i just i would have a very hard time wearing a yeah, it's different. I mean, it's hard to relate to you since I, there aren't any women that right. really do that all the time. And I think it's cute when little kids do it. Right. And I'm totally down with the kids. I get it if you're related to the person. Yeah. You want to be supportive, right. but it does get to a whole other layer of kind of weirdness. Again, our guest is the lovely, talented uh, Shay Smock. She is with us. We're doing this new thing, adding <laughs> to the to the podcast portion of our, of our show. Um Okay, so you went to Florida recently. Yes. Where did you go? South Beach. I tried to get into this with you yesterday, and we got totally sidetracked on the metal detector. <laughs> Shay is very into metal detectors. You can go back and hear that uh, that podcast and hear all about her fascination with metal detectors. And you met 50 Cent. I did. Now, yes. this was was this a planned meeting? No. I, well, I in my head, it was a little bit. Fiddy didn't know. He didn't know. But he, <laughs> he did. He didn't I know noticed from the photos that you have up, you did. He did not mind the meeting, it appeared. He did, I think he had a good time as I did. Uh, we <laughs> I went down with oh, eight girlfriends, and we were on the beach. And we weren't even on the beach 30 minutes before we had like five or six different club promoters coming up to us, offering us free bottle service at different clubs. No, t- okay, t- time out. Okay, let's <laughs> let's backtrack for just a minute. You were a 500 princess. Yes. You were a 500 princess. Um, did you win? Do you win? Is there a winner? There. Oh, there's a queen, but oh, a queen. I, I didn't even go through the steps. Oh, there's like, like a do, there's like a challenge. Yeah, you have to like do a couple things and fill out some paperwork. Sounds and, very difficult. I, right? I didn't know. Is there a lot of <laughs> undermining to be the queen? No, no, no. It's not even. It's once you're a princess, like you're kind of done. I mean, if you have a queen, you have to just do more work, which is really uh-huh. dealing with people like you and doing right. interviews. Terrible, so. terrible. <laughs> Every time I found that I've like I've interviewed a Miss Indiana or Miss North Carolina, like they're very nice about it, but they're like, oh my god, I've got to talk to another person and smile the whole time I'm there. Now, I'm a little different because, especially back then, I was younger and a little bit more able to ask questions that might be different. But imagine the average person having to go to another radio station and talk for another seven minutes to Julie and Joe in the morning. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's pretty grueling, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, Okay, so you were there with your 500 princess friends. We had all turned 30 this year. So that's what we were doing, and it it was. It was very exciting. Pretty much all of them were married, except me and a few of the little sisters. You were in the minority then. Yeah, so it was my job to get the free stuff. But you're happy that you're not married. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, I'm not, you are I mean, not, had I met the right person. Right, right, right. But you're not in search of Mr. Right. I mean, I'm always in search of everything. Yeah, but I mean, if he, if, if, if he comes up to you and says, here's the ring, and you're feeling it, you will do it, but you're not. Yeah. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it was you and the little sisters were in charge of getting the free yes. stuff. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. And so you just said... You said that these people are just coming up to you randomly trying to give you free stuff? Yeah, they and trying to get us to go to their clubs and all of them for that. I was suspicious because they wanted my phone number. And then I was like, well, let's just see how this goes. Because it's a great thing about iPhones. You can block them. Well, that's <laughs> they, right. Right. Because we talked about earlier about the fake, uh, yesterday about the fake phone number. Mm-hmm. And they were really professional. They said nothing. I think one of them had a kid. He asked me to follow him on Instagram. So he was not trying to hit on me. He really was just trying to give us free bottles because he gets paid for bringing in good looking girls. That's interesting. So, and this is something that doesn't really happen in Indianapolis, right? I mean, they want good looking no. girls, but there's no, there's no line to get into. No. Like, uh, I would assume there are promoters when we have a big, I think when we have big stuff like during the 500 right but it's trying to get celebrities there not just like a couple hot girls okay so it's yeah because i've always wondered that like you will see on tv all the time like these people go to clubs and they're standing in line but usually the roped line they're trying to get in i've never never had there's been a line at the vogue before but i've never like seen a roped line where they were vetting people or because you were telling me that some people like they're not good look they they deem you not good looking enough you don't go in right if you're not wearing the right clothes or if your hair is not done or whatever they have met their quota for white girls tonight you don't get in this sounds very unfair to me it is it's super unfair it's completely based on how you look and who you talk to and so at the first club we actually uh, not every dress worked so that he was the guy felt so bad he's like i'm so sorry they're not gonna let you in no, wait, so what do you mean not every dress worked? Because there, we don't have this here. Because that's all he said is the dress doesn't work. I can only imagine it meant it was cotton and it was too loose fitting. Oh, okay, so um, am I on hip? Because like I used to be pretty good in Broad Ripple. I used to have a lot of fun. I used to, but I feel like this is nothing like we used to experience in oh, Broad Ripple. it's nothing like Broad Ripple. This is much more like Las Vegas and yeah. South Beach. So it's intense. I so mean, I am on hip because I think that because I was a big deal in Broad Ripple at one point, I'm nothing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. My glory days were not that glorious. Right. Right. Yeah. I would not last. And la- <laughs> well, if you were a woman, it'd be totally different. Right, right, right. I would be, a, no, I'm glad we're not glad I'm not no, a woman. No, for but- you, you would have been one of those people in the line that says, for no price, are you VIP? We are not even selling it anymore. <laughs> and then the eight of us walked in and all got VIP for free. Because he was like, what, like 30000 And he said, no, man, we're done. We're done for the so night. Wait, you no said, more. Wait, wait, the, like 30000 So people were paying $30,000 to get for into a club? It, well, to get into a club, have their own reserved table, their waitresses, and then it comes with a certain amount of liquor. Holy smokes. Mm-hmm. This sounds... A lot of money. Wow. I remember like, uh, like was it five bucks in the Vogue or something like that? And that, that was... I would be so annoyed, right? When right, you have to right, pay right. cover. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so wait a second. So somebody is actually like, here's $30,000. Yes. That sounds like something you might do for a car, maybe a college <laughs> right. education. Um, there's that much disposable income down there that people will pay 30, yes. 30 grand? Well, and it was Art Basel. So that was like one of the biggest things going on in Miami. And it brought people from all over. Wow. This that is, were there I'm to learning, spend money. I'm learning so much. Um, okay, so you get into this club. <laughs> we got in. And we were in this holding area with a bunch of other suspiciously good-looking women. <laughs> like you could holding area? It's like a pen. Yes, we were all in a pen because they were still setting up the stage and stuff. And I'm guessing that when they have celebrities come in, there's a certain amount of getting things set to make sure everyone's safe and it seemed like for a while we were in there but then they opened the doors and we were in this escorted into this vip section and everything was all tables and bottles and we just waited and we we got there you had to get there early to get in with this 11 45 fitty did not come on until 
3 a.m. So he takes the stage at 3 a.m.? Yes. Now, see, when I go to the Springsteen concert and Bruce doesn't arrive until 9 and the ticket's at 7.30, we're like, come on, Bruce, let's go. And then I'm there till 12.30 and I'm very tired at the end. This He doesn't come on stage till 3 a.m. No, and I really, I was surprised he even came on that because usually, you know, once the celebrity's done, everyone bails. So I was like, it doesn't close till 5. He's probably coming on at like 4.50. This is amazing to me because in Indianapolis, the bars close at 3 a.m. Right. Lights up at 2.45, last call, good night, goodbye, have a nice day, we'll see you tomorrow night. None of that. We didn't leave till 4.45 and nothing was slowing down. That is fascinating to me. (laughs) Um, So he comes on stage at 3 a.m. Yes, I saw him kind of working it through the crowd and I told everyone, because we were up high where we'd gotten some additional bottles from some nice men upstairs. And You know, in my whole time, uh, which is obviously non-existent now as a happily taken person, but in my whole time when I used to enjoy the nightlife scene of Indianapolis, no one ever bought me a drink. And you have bottles. No one ever bought you a drink. Oh, no, I was always, I was always what? the drink buyer because I felt like it gave me leverage. The, you know? Oh yeah, that's that's what men usually feel. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, it's I felt I felt like it entitled. You're really me. winning if she buys you one. Well, I know. I I just I would have a real problem with a woman ever buying me a drink. I just really would. I don't know. Maybe that makes me old fashioned, but I always felt like for two reasons. Now this sounds sounds terrible, but one is it gave me some leverage that I'm buying the drink, and two, I felt like I had until she finished the drink mm-hmm. to flame out, and then she could right. say good night, have a thank you for trying. You know. Did they always stay as long as you because I would just oh, say yeah. thanks oh really you would leave oh yeah I mean really? unless the guy made it very clear because sometimes they're just it's usually you've already had a conversation with them right. then they're getting a drink oh no I never I never I can I can say I never got stood up I never at least you know finished mm-hmm. And, and had a conversation. So I don't know, maybe I'm just a very charming person. Maybe. I, I, I don't know. It Probably. wouldn't be like I'm bailing on you now. It'd be like you can come to my friends and I now. No. I'm not sitting here and talking no, to you. No, I, ne- I, I never this. had I never <laughs> I never had that. I I, uh, I I mean I'm not the most I'm not the greatest conversationalist in the world, but I never I never had well, you that. You don't so have to be in a club. Maybe I'm very fortunate. Maybe I'm just very lucky. Maybe. Anyway, so you're there, he shows up, you've he had up, you had I've... several free bottles of Yes, I was feeling entertainment. Was having a lot of fun and saw him walk down and was, oh, got my other there was one one other person who was single there and she's like I'll go with you and so we went down and I made sure we were front and center he could see us but all of these guys stood up in front of the stage so we I could only see him when there was like a seaweed part Okay. But, to, but yeah, we made eye contact a couple times Did he like, wave oh, at you? Or? No, he was he was singing. Oh, he was singing. But it was like a couple songs we couldn't see anything. Everyone was bumping into us right. and uh, my friend was like, okay, let's go back upstairs and make sure everybody's still here. And I was like, yeah, no problem. This was fun. Thanks for coming with me. We start walking. And as we're fighting the crowds, Fiddy had stopped and was also fighting the crowds. And we just connected right there where the stairwell was. Yeah. And you got a he, picture. This was the first time we met. I didn't get a picture. Okay. He just grabbed my shoulders and said, hey, baby girl, how are you doing? And I was like, I'm doing well, 50. Thank so you. So were you starstruck? Because <laughs> we just talked about not being starstruck. I would say more like excited. Really? You're a fan, this right? This is how I would say hi to any really gorgeous guy that hit You think me. 50 Cent is a... Oh, yeah. I just call him 50 Cent. 50. Mr. Cent. Sorry. Uh, I apologize. We'll call him Kurt. Yeah, my yeah. My friend Kurt. So, so, so uh, it's not so much that he's a big star. It's that you think he's a good a good looking guy. Yes. Okay. Um, uh-huh. So you would be that with any star that you're slightly attracted to. Any guy, right. really. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Very good to know. So he, you you make contact. You have a very brief conversation. Yes. And then I went back up the stairs and we were just hanging out and all of the girls then were like, let's go down one more time and then we'll leave. And when we went down the next time, we ran into him again and that's where we got the pictures from. Um, he gave me a hug that time. That's very exciting. He asked uh, if now, we were having uh, a good time. And you told him you were? Uh, yes. Okay. I said uh, I was now. <laughs> now, this is my question uh, about this whole um, this whole experience. 
is uh do is it hard to keep track of your friends during the whole thing it it's hard when everyone's not paying attention right. but i was at this point the young girls had already gone home their yeah. feet hurt yeah. they, <laughs> they couldn't ride it out all night uh the, but the older girls that i was there with are on point they right. know where everyone is all of the time and people are actually really respectful in South Beach. Like I've had more trouble in Indianapolis losing girlfriends than in South Beach. If you're holding on to somebody, like nobody was like touching us or trying to separate right. us or talk to us. So. It's fascinating. So was it everything you'd ever imagined it would be to meet 50 Cent? Yes, That's it really was. The whole vacation was, I'd been to Miami before. I didn't realize how different Miami is than Miami Beach. Right. So different. Big, di- big Did deal. Did not like mm-hmm. Miami. Miami Beach is just a vacation, just everything you could want. I loved it. Uh, do... I'm trying to get how to ask this question. Um, <laughs> do you still uh, enjoy meeting famous people? Because you met so many famous people. I wouldn't say I've met so many. Oh, You've mean, yeah. met way more than I have. Well, yeah, but they're not like hip people. It's like, you know, Mike Pence and Donald Trump. They're not you know? trying to date you. No, 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 no. Right. no. And that's something you never have to worry about is anybody <laughs> trying to date me. So, I mean, do you still enjoy that? I mean, because all the ball players and athletes. I'd and... say it doesn't really phase me, but I enjoy it in the way that I enjoy meeting any interesting people. Right. They're, I mean, I, I've definitely been disappointed by some people, I think, but that's rare. Usually anyone who is going to be able to chit chat like we can, you know, just yeah. and it's a good time. Do you, because you're obviously, uh, you have a great reputation. You're, you're in law school. You were the you were the MC for the Indians. You're very careful about what you post on social media, so wow. you're very cognizant mm-hmm. of it. And like I get on there and I have a thought in my head and I cock <laughs> off and put it out and it's whatever that people expect that from me. You're very uh, particular about what you you post. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that is that is that for a reason or I I don't really like social media, so I got rid of it while I was teaching. I didn't think my students needed to see me partying in college. (laughs) And I just, I got rid of it for like six years, I think. I just got it back to promote the podcast. And no, I don't really post much. Six years. God, if I go six minutes without Facebook, (laughs) I'm done. It's so different now than it was when I got rid of it. I mean, now I look through it and I don't even know who these people are. It's like friends of friends I'm seeing things and it's mostly fake news, which is weird. (laughs) Now, were your friends, when you restarted your Facebook were they? Did you recognize most of the people? Or so many of them are married, and I I didn't the even last know name, how the I knew of them. The last name. Yeah, no, there's a lot of people I don't know. Yeah, I, it, it's interesting to think about because I am old enough uh, to remember when Facebook was a college only thing. Yes, like you had to have you, you had to be in college, to, uh, college email address, and I think how much it is change now if i had a child i would never these kids are like 14 15 have facebook would never allow that to happen mm-hmm. ever never no, I I agree. Ba- would that make me a bad parent Mm-mm, i okay. agree but the more you try to keep them off of it the more that's what they're gonna want so will you be a strict parent i hope not i want them to just be really um, so weird you right. know like an imaginative crazy kid so that way hopefully i don't have to tell them not to do this such straight-laced normal right. things so. <laughs> now i've got to ask you this because i've been wondering this for a while and this is the perfect opportunity to <laughs> to ask this again our guest is the lovely shay smock she's the former mc for the indianapolis indians has a fabulous uh law blog tell us about that uh law school revealed it's kind of talking about what the first year of law school is really like from a student's perspective while i was going through the first year That's fascinating uh, yes so. um you you uh you don't talk politics a whole lot not by design, right? Right. Are you, you're interested in it. I I'm know. Very, you're, you're I'm, very, I'm very opinionated. Yeah, yes. that's what that's fine. That's why we're and you know on this show you're allowed to say whatever you want, and I just let it go because people are here to hear you. They already know what I think. 
you like this Lessig guy, right? Lessig. Lessig. Larry Lessig. Yes. And he was like a presidential candidate for like three minutes, right? Yes. He's a professor. Professor. And he was involved in this encouraging people not to vote for Trump in the electoral college oh thing. yeah well i think that just any progressive was involved in that but his was more about what i wrote my dissertation on okay, originally ex- explain who the, why you like lessig because you were actually i saw some picture you did where you said quiet campaigning and you had one of his shirts <laughs> yes. on so explain like what you liked about him because he's an interesting guy it made me go look him up and i was very curious and i learned some things about him well yeah because it's something that both parties can get behind i mean people across the board think there's too much money in politics right. and i know your side of it is say just you know as long as you disclose close it right because right now it's hidden money but my side is more like i like the rich should, people right i want rich people to give me a job rich people should give you a job and they should not affect the presidency <laughs> so <laughs> does it bother you that we have a billionaire that's going to be the president it doesn't surprise me i mean i i look all the guys are uh you know look at the people that are the politicians anyway i figure we got at least we got somebody that's open about their wealth you know well i do think it's amusing how it's like do we want the most average of us to become president or the most above average and i think we got like the highest amount of money but like one of the kind of most <laughs> average sort of no i feel like you <laughs> would really like trump if you met the trump that i met the really nice laid back guy i can get along with absolutely anyone yeah. and actually i think he's very entertaining and troll like if yes. you will like i i, I like strong personalities yes. so <laughs> So tell us about Lessig. Lessig, Lessig. <laughs> Lessig. Because he ran for president. I mean, he was legitimate. He did, yes. And his his whole point was he's going to be kind of a one-issue president, which we would have never had before. He'd get elected, and he'd overturn Citizens United right. and get rid of money in politics. And it would go instead of people giving dark money to campaigns, everyone would be on equal footing. I think we should get rid of political advertising all around and how, just how know, would you promote your message then? What just would, debates. Okay. And and Lincoln Douglas touring the country potentially have a website interesting that's mm-hmm. very interesting so so you would you would you uh do you believe then that there would be enough information would be able to get to people oh gosh, through just we, the debates well i think it would be better because it wouldn't be so much fake news and fake right. sound bites and whatever but i think as long as advertising that it bombards you is the problem yeah you know when i don't listen to the radio for three months around an election because i just don't want to listen to the ads so you hate political advertising i hate political advertising yes it's you, all lies uh, and- <laughs> uh, well it is it is i will tell you this though the trump rallies they were so entertaining well rallies would be fine oh you're okay with rallies yes okay but that's another thing where you have to spend your money wisely if everyone has an equal footing right you know so you would say if you're whether you're gary johnson donald trump mm-hmm. hillary clinton you all get whatever it is a million dollars or whatever yes, and you have to funding. run your campaign as you see fit with that million dollars the only thing is you can't put the ads on television or radio or, or yes, interesting no ads but then the media would do its job and would host debates and right that wouldn't count as advertising it's interesting to me because you got out of media because you didn't want to be in the media mm-hmm. but yet you would be very good at this <laughs> you'd be very good at this i would be very good if they just did it the way i told them to <laughs> yes you wrote so you wrote a, a dissertation on this guy I, yeah, I wrote my dissertation on the Citizens United decision, and I'm very critical of it. And he was the first. I'm, I was disappointed when Obama took money from super PACs when he right. was being. Then I, when I realized he would have lost, yeah, I was like, well, that probably was the best decision he could make for yeah. the people who support him. And then the, for a while, Trump was just completely funding himself, which is almost the extreme version of which is worth. Just like <laughs> if you're rich enough, you can become president, or if you have enough rich friends you can become president i don't know which is the worst well and it it is an interesting thing regardless of whether you're republican or democrat or 
there aren't many rich libertarians out there. So we'll, we'll by the way, you're going to be on the podcast on the day that we have the We Are Libertarian guys on the show, so they'll, they'll really enjoy hearing this. But uh, it, it is interesting to say that the average person really has no impact on uh, at least politics that big. When you're running for town council like I did, the average right. person can, can help out a lot by knocking on doors and, and things like that. And, and it is fascinating or at in the country about whether uh, because this is this is one thing one of the things people have been look Obama gets a lot of criticism he doesn't deserve I think people, everybody just wants like with Bush people just want to blame it on the president but one of the things I think we struggle with in our country is the middle class stepping up and being able to raise up into the middle class mm-hmm. and I think wealthy people are doing very well but poor guys like me are really really struggling that's why I have you here you feel right. bad for me so <laughs> well, that's fascinating so you wrote a whole thing on Citizens United and it's my understanding that just Help me if I'm understanding this correctly in the couple minutes we have left. They over they overturned a law, right? They mm-hmm. basically said that a law the federal law on limiting the amount of money that could go to what they call PACs, political action committees, yes. was unconstitutional because it was free speech. Is that right? Is that it, what they is equated that what they said? money and speech, basically. They said now that in this broadcasting world, uh, speech is money. It's not somebody sitting on the sidewalk in the corner yelling their beliefs. It is now you have to buy radio time and therefore money is speech. And it was very controversial. It was five to four, right? Yes. Five, five, five to four yes. decisions. We've always just been one Supreme Court justice away. Isn't that amazing mm-hmm. that we, in pretty much every decision, one way or another, the one guy Kennedy is basically the guy that makes all the rules sometimes he's on one side sometimes he's on the Mm -hmm. other but I can say my hope with Trump is I think he's ticking so many people off so quickly and early on I think maybe we'll start to actually see change like he's ticking off journalists so we've had a problem in media forever right maybe we didn't need a progressive person to come try and fix it maybe we needed somebody that ticked them off so much they band together and fix it themselves well and here's my deal with the thing with Trump is Lincoln put journalists in jail that wrote bad things about the republic so I mean you know Trump's not proposing putting anybody in jail but yet yeah, that's but true. maybe that's maybe that's one of the things he'll do that'll make him change. And you know, I'm kind of on the safe side because Trump told me I was terrific. He did. So. I mean, I think you'll be the last one. And <laughs> I'll be the only so journalist I'm gonna, left. I'm going to ally myself with you. Hey, I'm very safe. <laughs> hey, Shay, you are so wonderful. We're so excited to have you as a part of this, and uh, and keep up the great work. Well, thank you. It's hey, thanks for joining us today. Don't forget if you missed any part of the show or the podcast, check it out anytime you want. We're on SoundCloud and iTunes. You can download the show right to your smartphone or tablet. Search Central Indiana today. You can go back and listen anytime you want.